Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Henry, and joined, as always, by my co-host, Shay. A little bit of a different intro here. Um, Shay is feeling extremely under the weather for the first time in over 160 public episodes, so I'm going to be taking point. I'll ask you how you're doing, but I already know. Been better. Been better to say the least, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely under the weather, not feeling great. Hopefully I can think clearly enough to share some good thoughts on this pod, but the show must go on at all times, right? Pretty much. Yeah, we don't really miss, so no no vacation, no relaxation, no recovery. Podcast is life. Plus, we got a good one today. You know, we got the the usual Wednesday episode, so we're going to keep it chill, have a good time. And uh, yeah, I'm going to try and not talk a ton. That's right. (laughs) Today, we'll be covering news, leaks, diving into a support legend concept, which is going to be really fun. And then, as always on these episodes, we'll be wrapping things up uh, by answering some listener questions. If you want your question answered, go ahead and ask it in our Discord channel, Meant for Questions or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question. We've also had a ton of incredible support on our Patreon in the last few weeks. Our next Apex Legends private tournament is full. Um, We are uh, having spots open for potential substitutes. So if you're a current patron, you should definitely slot your name in there. If you are available and you want to get in, there is a possibility. Last time we had some last-minute dropouts, so mm-hmm. it's definitely uh, possible for a few people. But that's going to be a ton of fun, and the support has been unreal. Yeah, I mean, how you get in the tournament as a non-patron, if you be in the Discord channel ready to be a substitute if need be. That's uh, truly the only way. Henry, that was a killer intro, man. I kind of like being on this side of things. I feel like you, you stuck to the script and it helped. I got to, I've got i gotten to the point where I don't really use the script anymore and then I mess up 90% of the time. <laughs> Gotta stick to the script. And speaking of that, here comes the news. This week, King's Canyon was disabled in rotation to prevent a player error message and overall reported server instability. Um, But after a day, it was placed back into rotation. So hooray, very quick fix by Respawn. Um, It was uncertain what the issue actually was, but it seems to be working just fine. I mean, that's the fastest fix we've ever seen. I almost texted you that uh, how disappointed I was going to be in Kings Canyon. I would have today, but then uh, everything got fixed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I agree. Um, Next, there was also a small Apex update, about 500 megabytes on PC. Essentially, what we think is in this is a little bit of background stuff, a little bit of bug fixes, but also uh, just some updates to the store overall. Mm -hmm. Um, No major gameplay impacts or anything that was able to be leaked uh, that was really substantive uh, from this update. Next, the accidental Loba nerf this season, where her Black Market Boutique Ultimate would no longer block small doors from opening. According to an internal Trello board at Respawn, which is a project management tool, this Ultimate nerf was completely unintentional, 
Um, and in a future patch, her Black Market Boutique is planned to regain the ability to block doors. You've been playing her a good amount this season. Did you actually, did you notice it at any point? So I noticed it because I had seen it and had people talk about it. But in terms of actually affecting my Loba play, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was very substantial. Um, There's not a lot of situations you actively use the black market to block doors unless you're in the end games and buildings and then because of olympus mm-hmm. you're not really ever in a building that has a door it feels like so yeah so it it's good that this kind of was a bug and is being fixed what's 100%. strange about it is this was not communicated this was kind of they do share what they're working on through these internal documents but mm-hmm. there was no developer or community manager kind of saying hey the thing that you're worried about we're working on it um so that's kind of interesting because we're now more than a month into the season of having this be a thing and that's Um, why you got to listen to the podcast we are the community managers now essentially that's how you get your information (laughs) yeah unofficially unofficially um but also like i don't think there is a reason to really be outraged by this small bug because Yes, the door will open if you're kind of meaning to use the black market to block it, but you still have the hit points of the black market to hide behind. So it still effectively could be used as cover, mm-hmm. but not as much of a door blocker like uh, some of the defensive legend abilities. But yep. it will return hopefully very soon. See you in three seasons. <laughs> Shay being sick just brings out the the pessimistic perspectives on these things. Oh, I'm hoping no by the split right now. Like <laughs> I'm hoping. Uh, next piece of news: the Apex Legends subreddit was given an official shout out by Respawn, which spurred a bit of backlash from content creators and players, since Reddit in general is a very controversial platform for any game. Um. It, this is a tough one because mm-hmm. this is essentially to celebrate uh, communities and content creators in the space. And the question really is, should Respawn promote large communities? And the Apex Legends subreddit has 2 million members. Should they do that, even if that community has engaged in leaks, breaking terms of service, harassing players, other unfavorable actions? Is it? Is it a good idea to to support them? It's a tough situation. I mean, like the Apex Legends subreddit is one of the largest gaming subreddits out there. It, this thing is no joke. It's not like just every game has a really big subreddit. Apex has a very special community over there. The leaks, I get it. Not really a deal breaker for me. As you and I know, we talk about leaks. We think we're pretty stand-up for the Apex community. The subreddit does a pretty good job of giving warnings for leaks if they're going to be discussed mm-hmm. on there and stuff. But yeah, the harassing of players and kind of that stuff is definitely not the best look. And it is, it's too bad to see that a community that's maybe not 100% actively trying to better itself uh, get the attention like this. And maybe this will spur them to put some better mods into action that can help kind of tone down the stuff. If it's even possible on Reddit, Reddit really is the wild, wild west of social communities. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, it's a really big community of players that love the game, but 
you can't really control it. So Mm -hmm. is it something that should be promoted by the official game and its developer? It's a tough one. They went to Mm -hmm. go for it. I think it was a bold choice. The only backlash that there can be is, could there have been better options, other people that have done better overall? I don't necessarily think so. At the end of the day, kind of size matters uh, for things like these. And I think that it's important for the subreddit to to get some love. Yeah, and as much as we're talking about some of the negativity around there, something you and I talk about all the time is is the loud voices always mm-hmm. kind of outshine the positive people. And I bet there's definitely a lot more positive, good people in the subreddit than the minority that's being very loud and vocal that is kind of disrupting things. So it's hard to penalize everyone when it's just probably a smaller handful that are kind of having that kind of impact. Absolutely. And last piece of news for today, completely not controversial whatsoever. Um, (laughs) This week for the third anniversary celebration, the creator spotlight will be Rain Day. Love, Love this Day, guy. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. If you haven't watched his content, if you haven't seen him cast the ALGS, you gotta check this guy out. Incredibly talented and a big fan of Apex. We have been the biggest Rain Day fans for a while. If you're listening for some reason, Rain Day, please come on the show. We've been trying to get you for a while. Uh, honestly, you're part of the inspiration for the kind of quality this podcast has been pumping out for so long. It, Truly, truly was kind of one of the OG content creators we looked at as uh, people we want to try and emulate in terms of style and uh, quality. For sure. Next, we have a few leaks. So if you don't want to hear any leaks, uh, please go ahead and look at the description. You can fast forward. Man, it's like you've been on this podcast for two years. You just hop right into the hosting part. No hiccups. I'm so impressed today. (laughs) First leak. Um, we have the Back in Black sale going live next week, which includes three recolors of popular skins, according to Shrugtle. Shrug also theorized that this event is a stopgap for a collection event delay. Sus. Disappointing. Yes. Suspect. But these skins are awesome. Yeah. Um, red and black colorways on all three of them. Can't go wrong with that. I think any dark uh, recolor or skin in general, it's going to be great, I think. It's also uh, Henry and I's high school uh, colors, so you know. It is. Represent beavers. (laughs) It is. So it's all all dubs uh, for that. But the skins are, one is for Wraith, modeled after the Voidwalker skin, recolor. Octane is a recolor of the Season 7 Battle Pass skin, which is pretty interesting. And then the Pathfinder skin uh, is a recolor from the Fight Night skin. Really cool lineup. Uh, I think this is a pretty exciting sale in terms of how cool a recolor sale can be. Mm -hmm. This is probably as good as it could get. I mean, that Battle Pass skin for Octane is one of the OGs. We love this so much, still love it so much, miss it, that we don't have it on current accounts 100%. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be really cool in terms of giving skins like this away. We kind of talked about it on a recent episode, the skins that are kind of these more exclusive ones coming from collection events, Battle Passes, being recirculated in. I think this is a cooler way to do it. 
and avoid some of the uh, animosity that people have towards the game. Like at least if you're bringing it back now, you're bringing it back in a different, some would say cooler, some won't, you know, say cooler way. And that's kind of a nice balance to walk. And obviously if it's being used as a stopgap for a collection event delay, this is something they can spin up whenever they want. So Mm -hmm. definitely something that I wouldn't mind seeing more of going forward. A collection, like recolor stuff is always great because for the OG players, you know, you can get it for free technically with the legend tokens. And it's a really good opportunity to still have EA make some money on the side as well. It, it really is. Um, last leak is coming from Thord and Smash. It's kind of a twofer. The first one being Loba's Heirloom is rumored to be coming in season 13. The original concept of a trident, however, has been scrapped. Not yes. sure exactly what it could be, but it's out there. It's crazy. The trident, uh, I, there was images of it with one video Thornton was talking about. And holy heck, it was a big, it had gems on it. It was straight out of Aquaman. And it was a lot. Pretty cool, but a lot. And I hope they go with something smaller. I tend to like the smaller heirlooms, maybe revs uh, being the exception. Yeah, for sure. Loba is definitely high on my list for who I think is going to have an awesome heirloom, so I'm really excited about it. And then the last leak is Prestige Skins will continue to release alongside the thematic events such as Dark Depths. We had a lot of thoughts about Mm -hmm. how were Prestige Skins going to be used and implemented? Were they going to come back? Was this one a failure or not? Yeah, obviously not. I mean, like Thornton was kind of saying in part of the video, the skin shop of the, or the skin part of the heirloom shop is labeled as skins. Like Mm -hmm. there's going to be more. And they're theorizing it's going to be high pick rate legends, Pathfinder, Wraith, et cetera, kind of joining the the cause first. And if they're going to do it, I'm glad they're doing it in thematic events separate from collection events. And hopefully this anniversary is kind of a one-time only and maybe because of the backlash, they won't do that kind of stuff again. Um, yeah, I mean, the thematic events are always a little kind of weird. We always looked at them and maybe slightly underwhelming as well. Um, so incorporating these in would be nice. I just wonder if the evolving skin will now need to match the thematic event theme which could cause for some interesting things around like christmas and halloween time yeah the thematic events are interesting because i think sometimes the skins are really really cool Mm -hmm. um but the timing of them is typically after the collection event before Mm -hmm. the next season during the lull of content and the pressure is on and so Mm -hmm. when the skins aren't great it's a really scary time to be creating content in the space because people are really wanting new content and it's just around the corner and they're given skins instead. I would love to see more limited time modes throughout the season. I think that's kind of the fix uh, to that issue. Yeah, LTMs would make me feel better about selling a $160 skin. (laughs) Sorry, wait, did I say that on the podcast? Dang it. (laughs) We'll edit that out in post. Don't worry about it. Um, Before we dive into a really cool legend concept, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Now, this legend concept was submitted by Ethan Nolte. 
And it's a really cool idea, um, kind of centered around how can you create a support legend concept without making it incredibly overpowered. So we're going to take a look and see if that was achieved. It's a hard thing to do at times, though. Like support is a slippery slope. We've seen mm-hmm. kind of the controversy around Lifeline with her just being able to bring people back essentially from the dead. And even when it's not a great ability, it still causes frustration for people. So support is a tough line to walk for sure. It is. And the reason being mobility is king in this game. Yeah, Mm -hmm. That is mostly individual mobility. Defense is obviously shared across the team, but it's fixed and it can be countered. Mm -hmm. Support is a legend that needs to be playable on their own mm-hmm. but helps each of their teammates in a significant way so that you don't miss recon abilities defense ability mm-hmm. ability abilities and that's just really hard to do it's uh, because support isn't necessarily counterable yeah like how do you compare an ability that doesn't like do damage or something yeah. to something that can make you move and that's it's really hard to do really tough but let's dive into it Mm -hmm. now the legend name is felix kane call sign phoenix the backstory as always kicking things off felix grew up in a lower income household after the war between the imc and the frontier militia his father is a worker at the thermal energy plant for their city and his mother stayed home with him and his siblings. He watched the Apex games as a child and was automatically drawn in by Octane's charisma and energetic personality. He also firmly believes in Lifeline's goal of helping others and fighting to provide for the organizations doing that. With his community depending on harvesting thermal energy from being in close quarters with lava fields, Felix has proven very smart in the field of harvesting that energy. However, Felix has had a different goal with his studies. As a teenager, he learned more about the war and the Titans involved. That's when he first saw Scorch, and he drew such inspiration from seeing thermal energy and flames used in a combat situation like that Titan used them, and he right away put all of his effort into designing a kit he could use in a combat situation. As a young adult, in a huge stroke of luck, he won an Outlands-wide drawing with the grand prize of getting to meet and greet with two legends of his choice. He, of course, chose Octane and Lifeline. In that meeting, he spent the whole time showcasing them his ideas, designs, and prototypes that he believed would make a difference in the Apex games. Lifeline and Octane were hesitant at first, but this fresh adult who has all ideas about the games, but both were blown away by his knowledge and the use of thermal energy and uh, pyrotechnics. They were also moved by how deeply he wants to help his family and getting out of writing the poverty line kind of living. They are stuck, sucked in and give them the better life that he believes they can have. Now, Felix is getting his shot entering the games through recommendations from the two current legends, and they believe he will not disappoint. I love it. I think that's really cool. I think it's a fun, fun background. And Henry and I are both huge suckers for Scorch from Titanfall. I think we both spent very prolonged periods of time maining that Titan. Best Titan in the game. 
Mm-hmm. No question about it. If you're not playing Scorch, you're trying to have fun. But if you're trying to be serious, Scorch. You play Scorch. W- without a doubt. I mean, Scorch is so incredible. What a drawing, though. Meet and greet with two legends of your choice. Yeah. Who, are you, who are you picking if you got two legends of your choice to well, meet you up know. with? You know I got to meet my guy, Gibraltar. Yeah, that's um, The second is going to be tough. I mean, the second's hard. Really tough. Mirage would be pretty awesome. Mirage is up there. I'm looking at like a list of them right now. I think like, okay, I'll be honest with you. I don't really want to meet like Ash or Revenant. Um, no. Nope. Horizon would make me feel really dumb. Uh, the humans, really. I mean, like Fuse could be fun. Fuse would be fun. Seer seems See, like a party animal. I think Loba and Bangalore would not be very nice to me. No, you you got to go Loba with someone that's a bit more fun yeah. and upbeat, so you can it can be like more of a part. Like Loba and Mirage would be a good combo. Sure, sure. I think yeah, <laughs> yeah. So pretty cool. I, I like the backstory for this concept because it's an interesting socioeconomic background. Mm-hmm. You know, Felix. Grew up in poverty, Lifeline and Octane did not. Opposite. You know, Mm -hmm. the absolute opposite of that. Um, But somehow this trio kind of finds common ground, which is kind of an an unlikely story, but is very intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's dive into the abilities, kicking it off with the passive. Fire resistant. Phoenix takes 20% reduced damage from all fire based damage. Thermite grenades, fuses old, Maggie's drill, and also the ring. And counting the ring as a fire based damage component. Henry would love to do the math on what a 20% damage reduction on the ring would do to your survivability in the zone. <laughs> That's a big simulation we'd have to draw out, <laughs> um, but it's pretty neat. Um, and 20%'s a good chunk. Like, you definitely still wouldn't want to be in any of these. It's not mm-hmm. fireproof. But you can make a push or two that you otherwise wouldn't. Yeah. I think well, let's talk about the tactical and ultimately we can come back and see. Mm-hmm. Because right now, I kind of want to just go full fire resistance. Um, <laughs> but 20% will take yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Tactical fire shield on a 25 second cooldown. Phoenix projects a solid shield of fire in front of him to block incoming damage coming from his front for a total time of 10 seconds. He can toggle it off early by pressing the tactical button again. The shield is taller and wider than he is to allow his teammates to hide behind it as well. However, it does not wrap around him and his teammates cannot shoot through it. He cannot wield anything while his shield is active but he can walk at a normal pace, but turns slightly slower. If Phoenix activates the shield while he is in the heat, it creates a smaller than normal heat shield centered on him that moves while he walks. If his teammates keep close proximity to him, they can be protected from the heat. Also, Maggie's drill can attach to his shield. I got thoughts, but do you want to do the ultimate first? I want to do the ultimate. Okay. Don't so, remember those thoughts, though. I will try. I mean, it's a coin flip at this point. <laughs> I'll be quick. 
I'll write right. it down. Ultimate <laughs> Phoenix Fire, cooldown 250 seconds. Phoenix activates what he calls his Phoenix Fire, which takes two seconds to activate and sends out his fire shielding to cover himself and his teammates. The fire shield give himself and his teammates an extra slot of shields, 50 extra shields, to help give them more survivability in a battle. His teammates do not have to be in close proximity of him to gain the shields, but if Phoenix has his ultimate while he is downed, he can use it while downed to only revive himself. His teammates get no extra shields for him using it in this way. The Phoenix self-revive takes the same amount of time to use as a gold knockdown shield self-revive, though I imagine it would look way cooler with like fire and wings lift him off the ground. Uh, you could definitely get crazy with the animations. You activate love- that ability and then fire like three Phoenixes shoot out and hit the teammates or something. Like, oh my goodness. What are your first thoughts on this kit as a whole? First thoughts? Definitely not OP. Um, definitely. I think I you think, can do more power. Yeah, this is a hard, hard legend to use because essentially what you're saying is the entire kit is not applicable if you're shooting a gun and you're not going against fire. Mm-hmm. Those two things... And you don't create are, fire. Yeah. So those two things are in probably more than 90% of the entire game and mm-hmm. 90% of all firefights probably. So in terms of ability application, very, very niche, but is pretty cool. And where it can totally. apply power could be really, really interesting. Um, I think the bulk of the power is locked behind the ultimate. Being able to give the entire team 50 extra shields in a fight, that's Major. insane. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's all like that's the majority of the power for sure um like i compare the tactical which is a really cool idea you compare it to a gibraltar dome and it's just like oh that's it's night and day you get to use your shield you got 360 cover um active for similar amounts of time not easy to support your teammates i think you could do with the tactical specifically, I mean, you could pull directly from Scorch and you could make more of a shield that like absorbs the bullets and then, or burns people if you touch them kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I definitely think the ultimate's a cool idea. I think it's, like you said, where a lot of the power is. You never get gold revives off. Like, honestly, it just never happens. And I so I think you could do, if your ultimate was going to help you revive faster after you've already been downed, I'd say you cut that time in half or something. Make it like an actual revive and be viable at the cost of an ultimate when you're sacrificing. Not only at the cost of an ultimate from a time standpoint and a using of an ultimate standpoint, but the fact that you're using it instead of its normal use case, which is very powerful, I think you got to give it a little extra juice. You definitely could. And as much as people complain and they say, Self-revive is the worst thing that's ever touched the game. I don't think we feel that way. And it's an okay component to having a BR. Like yeah. I mean, it's, it's totally it's, fair. It's just the pros and those end rings, and that's like the complaint. So you could so easily just say, Oh, it doesn't like apply if you're the last team left or something there. Mm-hmm. Easy, easy fix or something, and then the pros don't complain. <laughs> yeah. 
exactly. Um, but overall, great submission, truly. Do you think that it is possible to have a legend ability that just gives free bonus shield that you can't, like how I envision it is if you have purple armor, you get this, you go up from 200 total hit points to 250. Mm-hmm. If you take damage, you're not able to heal that extra health. It's kind of like a one-time thing. So if you yeah. get hit for 50 and you're back down to purple, you can't heal yourself back up to 250. That's how I see it also. Is but that it's powerful. fair? It's powerful. Like, look at red. You go into a yeah. fight, blue or purple versus red. I mean, think about it. If you have common and you go against someone that has purple, you feel like you got no chance. And that's essentially what this is replicating at pretty close to any point in the game. It's a lot. It's a lot of power. I'm not sure you could do it, if I'm being completely honest, and do it in a fair way. I mean, I think one way you could go about it is like, okay, if this guy's activating this ability, it's got a crazy animation, and he's going to have to like stand still. So like, yes, your teammates are getting extra health, and you'll eventually get extra health. But for a moment there, like your teammates are fighting a two-on-three for a little bit. Like, There's a major sacrifice yeah. you have to make. Yeah, I think that's kind of in this submission with the two seconds to activate. I think you might need more than that. I think that, you do more. Yeah. But it's really tough because I think you need to add more safeguards to it. Like it has a very limited duration. You got 30 mm-hmm. seconds to use this bonus health and then it's gone. Yeah, um, yeah. Kind of like, like a, a rev. Death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you could also, you might need to go a step further and take away mobility. Uh, for teammates you know mm. like I don't know it just seems like if you're stacking on 150 extra health to a team that's well, got to come at a price right? and it's got to be hard to use um, how much extra health are you getting with a rev totem when used perfectly like when used yeah. perfectly you're getting extra health there and you've got all these caveats of having to come back and go back in and being paired up with movement abilities is the way to do it. Like extra health is a slippery slope. Look at how frustrating people get at rev sometimes. Um, But despite that, I still think it's like, I think there's ways to do it. I still do. Like, I think there's ways you can, like you said, put some safeguards around it where it's not just going to be like a, oh shoot, we're all about to die. Both bumpers, fights changed kind of thing. Yeah, I I agree. I think right now it's so interesting because in many ways, Caustic was an inspiration from Scorch with the canisters and gas, yeah. except mm-hmm. there's no fire. But now we have two actual fire legends, Maggie mm-hmm. and Fuse. But all three of those legends don't really encapsulate what Scorch was all about with totally. the fire shield and the whip and all these things. So really interesting legend concept. I love the idea of more support. I would love to to have more legend concepts yeah. that are based around support. It's a very difficult thing to do, but I think spurs a lot of creativity. I agree. I think there's something here too with this one for sure. Well thought out, Ethan. And finally, to wrap up this episode, we're going to knock out some five-star questions. The first one coming from Adam. Hey, guys. Love this pod and have been listening since the early episodes. I can't help but notice a shift in tone from you both on the wingman recently, and I was hoping to hear more of your thoughts on this. Henry, is this just a rebound after (laughs) your breakup with the scout, 
or is it a worthwhile investment for any Apex veteran to reconsider if they previously lacked confidence? What a great question. Henry, I'll let you just uh, lead with this because I know you got some thoughts on it. But I think, Adam, confidence is a key point. So I'll say something bold. I'm cracked (laughs) with the wingman. But then I'll say something that's pretty rational. The boosted loader is a serious, serious hop-up. And it's it's a game-changer for both the hemlock and the wingman. I think that hop-up certainly makes you want to use both of those weapons a lot more. Um, Because on paper, it's incredible. Like, it's... makes both weapons in different areas almost the most powerful in their entire class. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's pretty dang interesting. And I think we broke it down uh, on our light versus heavy. Definitely. Uh, The Hemlock and the Wingman, they really shine in their different uh, categories. Is it a rebound from the G7 Scout? Yes, of course (laughs) it is. Um, Once the Scout's back, goodbye Wingman. But... (laughs) I also think that the wingman is really fun to use. You look at it on paper, and it is really, really hard to use. You have to hit a Mm -hmm. lot of your shots. You have to hit five out of nine shots with purple mag against purple armor. That's incredibly difficult, except you get headshots a lot with this gun. I do not (laughs) think that I am like aiming at people's heads all the time, but it's just a magnet for me. I hit headshots all the time. I hit back-to-back headshots. It just happens, and I'm playing on controller. So I I would recommend the wingman, and I would certainly recommend uh, any high-risk weapon to somebody that's playing at 120 frames or more. I think yeah. when we made the switch from Xbox uh, to PC, we both kind of realized, wow, we can actually use... Uh, the R99, mm-hmm. like the bullets I shoot actually go where I want them to go. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the same applies to the wingman. Yeah, I think the wingman is a really, really fun weapon. I think it's definitely taken some time for Henry to come around on it. And it's definitely took the G7 leaving to give it a chance. But the extra mobility you get for it being a pistol is quite nice. And there's a lot of intangible things. I just, I really do enjoy about this gun. I like that you only have to carry one stack of ammo and that you get extra grenades or something else because of it, or 14 bats as Henry would like. Um, Gotta be prepared. (laughs) Be prepared. I can't Uh, armor swap. (laughs) (laughs) There's something about chunk damage that I've Mm. been really thinking about this season. And I think it's something maybe we'll do an episode on and and talk about in general in the future with shotguns and now the wingman and just that the intimidation of hitting people for 40. Like you can't you get hit for 40 by like an R301, it doesn't feel the same as all of a sudden your health disappearing. There's this fear that gets struck into people. There's this, oh I gotta turn around and heal that it just starts to apply to people with guns like this. And that's not even talking headshots, which that just means see, people need to turn and run. But I think those are things I love about this gun. But in the end, it's it's a make or miss gun. Like if you're going to hit shots with it, it's going to be great. If you're going to miss everything, you're going to feel really stupid for carrying it. And as much as I enjoy the gun, I still have a couple moments where I'll whiff four straight and die and be like, yep, okay, well, that's my bad for using that weapon. <laughs> Next question coming from I Love Bo Bucks. 
five stars. I mainly play Fuse, and I was wondering your opinion on his kit and if I should change Legends. Thanks a lot. Man, we've both had a couple stints on Fuse where we've played him for like extended periods of time, and I think it's because he's really fun and puts out a ton of damage in ways that other Legends just don't. I mean, the Knuckle Cluster is one of my favorite tacticals to use. Like when we talk about doing like the, if you were pulling one uh, ultimate tactical passive from each legend, the knuckle cluster would seriously be in consideration for me. Um, I think he's overall just got a really fun output of damage kit. Um, I don't know if you should like change. He's definitely not like the, here's the thing about Fuse in my opinion, and then I'll let you go, Henry. He's not the most like, team-oriented guy. There's not always going to be a ton of support that you're getting in terms of moving your team around. Gibraltar Dome uh, and all our support legends supplying loot, that kind of stuff. And then the lack of mobility in fights does make it an uphill battle at times. So if you can power through those, you'll enjoy Fuse. But there's a reason he's not kind of like top of the charts for uh, people that are kind of trying to play ranked or competitive Apex right now. Yeah, I agree with all that. We did our Master and Fuse more than a year ago when he released. Mm -hmm. It's out of date now. Um, If you want to hear kind of our love letter to Fuse, um, Slept on Legends is a really great episode, and Fuse is on that list. Um, Mm -hmm. Every component of his kit is very powerful. Even having double the amount of throwables is insane. Like. Grenades are so good in this game, and he just 2Xs that ability, and it's not to be overlooked. Mm -hmm. Um, And the rest of the abilities are really good as well, and honestly, a lot easier to use than I think a lot of people would assume. Um, Based off what we've kind of been experiencing in the last few weeks and months, um, I think if more people had Fuse unlocked, you would see a lot more Fuse being played. Because I think that's fair. I think people are just, they got a bad taste in their mouth. They're not sure. Um, it kind of sounds maybe too good to be true that you have these kind of grenades for free and then a grenade-based ability and then like a, a ring of fire mortar. Mm-hmm. It's hard to completely understand that. And um, on the other side of it as well, I'm glad it's not a fuse meta. Oh, yeah. That would be intense. Explosives everywhere, grenades everywhere. But nades are power in this game. You'll wipe entire teams just by carrying nades at times. So definitely don't sleep on Fuse. Last question for the day coming from NJ King. You guys have the best and most well thoroughly explained pod I have ever listened. I have listened to in a very long time. I was playing on a constant for about two weeks. However, I have stopped playing so hardcore. Do you think that to really grow? People need to grind every day, or do you think that playing any first-person shooter will do? Thank oh, you. Oh man, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a really good question, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news. And I'll speak to this Tell because them. I, I, I play more. I think I probably play more shooters than you do at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely try a lot of other stuff out. I'll take some breaks, and it's a readjustment. Apex is a hard game to play and you have to play it consistently you have to like you said hardcore to grow and become a better player and not to say like you have to grind every day 
but Apex's movement and gunplay is so fast and different than other games that it's like if you go, okay, Apex on Monday and then some people's like Halo on Tuesday, back to Apex on Wednesday, that switch up is so major that when I do something like that, I feel like I get worse at both games. Um, and that it's there are some people that are the exceptions that there's some people that just got cracked aim, but if you're the exception, you're probably not asking this kind of question. There's a lot of people out there that I think struggle from not playing a shooter like Apex consistently. Um, sorry. <laughs> the truth is, Apex is a hero shooter, and that makes it completely different than its closest competitors, Fortnite and Warzone. Like, it, it's completely different. Like, a lot of people say Fortnite is a building game, you know? You're doing more building than you're doing shooting. Apex, if you were to look at it from kind of a little spicy of a perspective, it's a healing game. The mm-hmm. time to kill in Apex forces mm-hmm. you to not only have a solid grasp on the movement mechanics, your legend abilities, your team abilities, your enemies' abilities, your weapon, but then being able to react and heal and choose the right healable for the right situation. Other shooters do not have that many layers of complexity. Mm-hmm. Simple things like, oh, I just cracked somebody. How far away from them are they? Can I get there before they get their bat off? Like understanding that kind of timing is the stuff you get from tons of repetitions in the game that makes and breaks fights. Um, it, it's tough. I mean, you're going to be better at Apex if you just play Apex uh, Shadow. That's how we'll wrap things up for there. <laughs> I think so. And that'll end this episode. Thank you to our producer of the Third Party 10, as well as our dropship captain, Luke, who support us on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple and follow us on Spotify. Check out our Discord via the link in the description. Thank you for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>